April Fool's Day, or it was April Fool's Day. We're recording on Thursday, but it's finally here, Sheldon. The challenge, Total Madness, season 36? 35. 35. I'm great at math. Pretty sure it's 35. Nah, it doesn't matter. Total Madness, that is what matters. That is correct. That is correct, my dude. Finally, we've been waiting a long time, and also, maybe in terms of, like, world history, the most timely season of the challenge. Like, how, how yeah. badly have we needed this? So bad. Like, desperately, we're talking about it, right? Like, the world, the sports world is waiting for some form of entertainment, some form of competition. And in our time of need, the challenge, led by TJ himself, comes through in the clutch for us. And it's so good. It's so, so good. So good. Let's introduce ourselves, though. For those who might not remember us, I'm John Chidley Hill. And as always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge, talking about, as I said, Total Madness, episode one. We got a lot of positive feedback about our preview episode, which was nice. It's exciting. It's nice yeah. to have a lot of our, like, uh, usual uh, regulars that chime in, but we had some new people chime in who were, sure. I gather, long time listeners. First time, uh, long time. First time, long time. That's right. <laughs> um, and I have to make a note that okay. friend of the show, because mm-hmm. like we're friends with him in real life, Brendan Dunlop. Yes. He allegedly was going to start watching i haven't i haven't seen any comments from him uh, i haven't checked in on him yet but in this time of you know i'm heavy on the recommendations these days so yes i was trying to get him to watch it just because i told them listen i know you need sports in your life right now and this Close is as close thing. as you're gonna get yep it's as close as you're gonna get right now i also uh, I want to say it was Heather. It was Heather on Twitter that tweeted at us, encouraging you to watch Cheer. Yes. And I know for a fact that you watched Cheer. I definitely did watch Cheer, and I loved it. And on a podcast that I have not released yet with Mr. Andrew Webster, we started giving out uh, our, not rankings, our ratings for things, right? And so, because right. it's an on-blast podcast, we'll do it flame emojis. So I oh, gave it... Oh, oh. The, the perfect score of 5 out of 5, the best thing that I've seen so far during this self-isolation time, is the show Cheer. It was so good. I was so impressed with it. I thought it was so, so good. It was better than I thought. And yeah. here's the thing. Normally when people are telling you, oh, this is really, really good, it kind of lowers your expectations just a little. Yes. But this, like, surpassed my expectations by so much. It was just great storytelling. And I'm... As someone that works and tries to be creative and tell stories for a living, I think they did a great job of making you care and making you invested in every single character that they did the deep dive on. It was really well done. And um, the way that they had to shoot the finale, like guerrilla style, yeah, with like everyone like using iPhones or whatever their mobile device choices, yeah, like yeah. that. That they did a good job. Oh, yeah. I mean, they definitely, I mean, people who listen to this podcast know I get the producer hat on all the time. And so definitely did as soon as that last part started, because they put up like a slate or something, right? Saying like, oh, we weren't allowed, our crews weren't allowed in, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, they definitely, like you can get iPad rigs, iPhone rigs to like shoot that because definitely they did. Look at how many different camera angles they have. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't like, 
one guy on his iPhone like walking around filming it. Like they definitely had their same camera crew. They just had like iPhones and shit. Because yeah. you just get extra passes and say that you're on the team or you know, you're like a you're one of the trainers for the cheer you just team. Buy tickets. Like it's not it's not also hard. true. Yes. Also true. Tr- for the crowd shots. Uh, and especially that one angle that was clearly taken from like a nearby building. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, I was like totally. sort of top down. Totally. Like that might have been an actual camera. But still, yeah, it was well I was going to say to wrap that, to wrap up our little cheer <laughs> segment of the You Killed It podcast, the the thing that got me the most, the most, the most was uh, the montage of showing all of the family members watching the final competition. And then when it got to, is it Ladarius? Is that his name? Yeah, it got Ladarius. to Ladarius's brother and he's just oh. sitting there crying. I was like, yo, <laughs> I was like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I listen, Someone I break can, out the onions. Um, I can, I'm okay. I can admit, I cried when like the single tear rolled down his cheek. I was just like, oh my god! Like I was like, I hope Ladarius sees this. But that's like, what I could, mean. Like they could they heal brought their you relationship. Yeah, it brought you so deep and inside of the story, right? So for you to understand where they began in terms of him growing up, and without saying too much for people who haven't seen it, but. You know what I mean? And it took you all the way to that point, and you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm watching this show about cheerleading. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was the thing at the very end that was just like, slow clap. <laughs> so well, hopefully the challenge can live up to the five flame emojis as well in terms of our on-blast ranking. So let's well, go. I don't think I mentioned this last episode, but I should have. Jordan and Ashley both competed as cheerleaders. I don't know that they competed. Uh, Some, someone messaged us that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, 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 yes. I did um, not know that. Yeah, so, and like, they're both pretty athletic. Like, I can sure. see it. I can see it. Um, so, let's, let's focus on the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it is so like us to get distracted. To go off the rails Especially two in, minutes in. Yeah. Um, and so it opens up. Uh, they're all on a cargo plane, red lights. It, you know, looks like they're about to go on a bombing run or maybe like parachute into the jungle or whatever. They instead land on uh, an airstrip. TJ throws open the doors. Everyone explodes. Um, and at the same time, they're sort of introducing each other as they're like walking through this uh, forest. It's. I actually looked it up. And as far Where as I can no one knows. Oh, okay. Like, I was it's trying clearly, to say, yeah. It's clearly like Eastern Europe, like former Soviet Union, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Okay. I know you're excited to hear about the Cold War, Sheldon. No, but I really want to know how you got to that conclusion. So, okay, I'm in. I'm in. You got me hooked. Okay. I, I, if I had a guess, I'd say they're somewhere in uh, either the Czech Republic or Slovakia, judging okay. by the letters because it's not Cyrillic. But it's also obviously not like a romance language. And the tanks in the first competition, I'm pretty sure are Soviet era T 34s. Could be wrong. How the hell do you know that? That's incredible. Shouts, <laughs> shouts to you. As our longtime <laughs> listeners know, John is the one that comes with the, hard, the cold hard facts. He's the brains of this operation. I don't know. About I'm just that. here for. I'm just here for the comedic relief and say like dumbass shit. But wow. Okay. I'm I also, I learn something every day. I should give a shout out to our longtime listener Mona, who congratulated me on my pronunciation of Schadenfreude last week. <laughs> uh, 
apparently I did pretty well. I only know like 10 German words. So I'm pretty, and they're like all from like Second World War movies and comic books. So I'm pretty glad that I like can nail that. Again, that's 10 more words in German <laughs> than I know. So slow clap to you, John. Uh, <laughs> I will you. also like to give a slow clap to TJ, who continuously reminds us that he is the most gangster host in all of reality TV. Between just the shots and the camera angles and my guy rolling around in the tank, I was just like, yeah. this guy's a boss. I don't know if he has it written in his contract that like you have to make me look like the biggest boss every single episode or every single season. But just the way that it started, like, as cool as they're making all the, like, you were talking about the intros, right? And everyone yeah. walking in. As cool as they were making that look, that's as how cool they would splice in a TJ shot as well. And I was just like, yeah, that's my guy. Like, I want to be friends with TJ Lavin. Oh, he seems so cool. I I mean, who doesn't love TJ? Our podcast is named after something he says. Like, Correct. huge TJ fans. Um, I have to point out that when they're like introducing like all the new, for some reason they're calling them prospects this year, but the rookies. Yeah. I thought it was super funny that it took us like less than two minutes to hear both the phrase warrior spirit from Asaf and you either love me or you hate me from Bailey. Like just going straight to the cliches. Well, Bailey came in hot, right? And it was just like, I mean, she is hot as well, but she, is. she came in very, very hot. But the one thing I'll say about this, so John, were you surprised that Jordan got top billing in terms of the first words from a cast member here? Like before Johnny and before Wes, no? No, I think that what's great about Jordan versus especially Johnny, I find Johnny, as you always say, his raps are written. You know, like he's... <laughs> He's a little too, you can tell that he's been thinking a lot about what he's going to say. Whereas, I don't know if it's true or not, but Jordan seems a lot more spontaneous. Fair. Totally fair. And like Johnny is sort of, I don't want to say he's recycling the same jokes, but he has the same construction Mm -hmm. to his jokes, the same rhythm. Whereas Jordan has like, provides a little oomph that I think they would like. No, no, no. I got you. I got you for sure. I just found that super interesting. But you're right. Bailey comes in hot. And, you know, right away, just the way that it was setting up, going back to what you said on our preview about Wes and and Johnny working together, I wrote down very early on, I'm like, I feel like they're setting us up for Bananas and Wes working together. Like, I wrote that down very early, just the way that things were cut together. I was like, okay. I can smell out the setup here. I see what's going on. But I thought that was super interesting. But also right away, too, it's very apparent there are a lot of personalities on the show. Like, yeah. You can't really look at someone and be like, oh, that person's boring or like, you know what I mean? Like everyone had their own little aspect that makes them interesting in one way or another. You might not like yeah. them, but you feel yeah. something about them, right? I would absolutely agree. Um, the first competition is Battle Lines, which yeah. is where they have to pull uh, medical supplies, which are essentially like empty oil barrels, yep. uh, 500 feet, and like have to do math equations at different stages. And like the wrinkle here <laughs> is that TJ and some random Czech dude that they've hired <laughs> are driving tanks back and forth. Yeah. And if the tank goes over your barrel, 
you're eliminated. I didn't, when they first introduced this, I'm like, like, how's that gonna happen? Like, is it if you're lagging behind? But like, it seemed to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it was more about timing. Like, I feel like some people that were lagging behind didn't have their barrels crushed because they were so far behind that it was like uh, out of the line of the tanks. Interesting, okay. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe. But the thing that I found that was odd about this, and I don't know, I don't know what the reasoning would be. The thing I found kind of weird about this challenge was there wasn't enough, like I needed an aerial shot a lot more to like yeah. gain a better understanding of what was going on. And I don't know like what the reasoning was for that like and this is going to be way too inside baseball but i was thinking like you know normally they have either the scaffolding like um you know like mocked sort of ladders that cameras would be on that you're getting an overhead view or they'd have drones right and so maybe going back to what you were saying about them being in like some like weird weird place you maybe you can't fly the drones as much as you normally would on the challenge but i felt like normally in normally in these in this type of setup for a challenge there would be more aerial shots that you could get a better viewpoint or better understanding in terms of what was going on whereas i felt like the shots were way too close up i didn't really have a good gauge of what was actually going on in terms of who was winning in terms of who was where in relation to other people do you know what i mean like it was just really oddly filmed but also, I don't. I want to know if you notice this. I think the style of how this is shot too and edited was different than before. Like there was a lot of like graphic, graphic things that were like kind a of lot. weird and a little overdone, kind of odd. It seemed weird. It seemed like a little too much at certain points. A lot of graphics, a lot of tight shots. Yeah. I'm probably not gonna use the right phrases here, but like in the pasture, right? We'd see more drone shots and mm -hmm. like inevitably we're gonna get the classic like falling from a height into water challenge right for sure and typically when they do that they have that big wide drone establishing shot mm -hmm. and like we didn't get any of those and it'll also be like think of like last season they would often do that with the house yeah they're not gonna be able to do that with the bunker for sure which is gonna make it feel more claustrophobic yeah no totally. Uh, which might be the which intention. is good but I'm just saying for this challenge in particular, without those overhead shots, you're just relying on them to explain like, you know, oh, look, now Fessy's in first. But you couldn't really see like how far someone was ahead of other people without that overhead shot. But either way, it was still a pretty like cool challenge. And anytime you got a, a tank rolling over shit, cool, I'm here for that. I'm all right with that. No? Yep. Um... Sorry, I need to correct myself. I don't think it was a T-34. Now that I looked it up, I think it was an <laughs> IS-3 tank. They have a more rounded uh, turret. But anyway, just because I know someone will message me and be like, that's not a T-34. I think oh, it's more man. of an IS-3. I'm exposed as a fraud for not knowing my Soviet tanks as well as I should. Again, each and every episode of You Killed It, I learned something new. Each and every episode. So I thank you, John. I think. No problem. So back to the competition. Yes. Um, they show. We have to rag on my guy, okay. Nelson. <laughs> yes. He's not my guy. I can't stand Nelson. And he just like is a is funny to me 
how quickly he got under my skin where he starts by doing push-ups before the like competition's <laughs> even begun yeah and i think it was kyle that trips him and was like you're gonna gas out like what are you doing <laughs> and nelson says in confessional that he's never won because he always plays nice yeah and like dude should i should he you also be the said, one to tell him or should i be the one to tell him that that's not why he hasn't won it's well he also dumb. says He's quick, he's strong, and he's good-looking, and winks at the camera. I was like, what? Like, what is happening right now? Like, you're making it almost too easy. Like, I don't even... I know we rag on Nelson a lot, so I was planning on, you know, taking it easy on him, especially early on, because there'd be so many other things to talk about. And then right away, what's my guy do? I'm going to do push-ups and then wink at the camera. Like, what do you... Like, what's happening? And then was, like, the first one eliminated, or one of the first people eliminated. I... Well... We gotta. T- I have a suggestion about Nelson. Okay. Let's, in the spirit of positivity, every episode of the season that he's still on, you know, because he's gonna get eliminated. <laughs> Jeez. Let's try to say one positive thing about Nelson per episode of You Killed It. How's that sound? Okay. We can rag on him the rest of the time, but let's like at the end when we do our like quote of the episode and stuff, let's have our like one positive thing about Nelson. I like it. All right. Is that fair? I like it. Deal. That said, I have to point out that him bragging about being strong, fast, and attractive, not impressive amongst these group of people. Like, yeah, they are true. all strong. They are all fast. They are all attractive. Like, yeah. there's, there's no it's one where you're like, ugh, what an uggo. Uggo. No, it's true. I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, nope, regardless totally right. of gender, regardless of your tastes, they're all certifiably hot. Yeah. Totally. So like, I will say, though, uh, you are 1,000% correct. Some are hotter than others. No, no, no. What I was going <laughs> to say, there was one person who jumped off the screen at me, and I don't know if it's because I just hadn't seen her in a while, but Kayla, I was just like, oh, hi. I forgot about you. <laughs> I was just like, hi. Ha- nice to have you back on the challenge and on my TV screen. And I'm looking forward to you this season. You know That's, who also noticed how beautiful she is? Oh, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. Because I got takes on that. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. We'll there get are there. takes. We'll get uh, there. But I just have to point out that Bear is who we're speaking of. He's the one that noticed her instantly. And to his credit, at least at this stage of the episode, he said, afterwards, I'm just going to give her a quick hug. Not too long. Don't want to be creepy because I'm planting <laughs> seeds. Planting seeds. Just drop and, it game, man. And I got to say planting seeds it works like if you put just like a little bit of the energy out there and then like wait to see what grows it can work this isn't bear's first rodeo right no like, it's not i mean he shoot or shoot i, t- I tweeted it out last night <laughs> while watching the game shoot or shoot and bear is the walking definition of shoot or shoot bear Bear is, you're right, this is not his first rodeo. He is a veteran rodeo clown. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Too good. Uh, Also a veteran, though, is Nani, who right away has her eyes set on a brand new member to the challenge cast, Asaf. And what, what do you make of Asaf? Because right away I was just like, hold on, did they just say you're from So You Think You Can Dance and American Ninja Warrior? Because that's yep. a really interesting cross-section. I know we talked about it last pod, but I don't remember the So You Think You Can Dance part. I think I just remembered 
he's on American Ninja Warrior. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is, that's like an interesting, like, Twitter bio, I'll say. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think he was on the Israeli versions of both shows. Okay. But still, like, bringing a lot to the table. Bringing a whole lot. Let's not dismiss dance. Like, dance is very athletic. And, like, dude is clearly fit. Yeah. Don't think he has the proper mentality for a show like this. But not many people do, especially not their first time around. But someone Fair who enough. someone who knows what they're about is Nani. <laughs> and she yes. she knew what she was about very early on, very quickly. She was into that. Um, someone else who was very into themselves, who's, you know, I get that they're feeling themselves now coming off of a challenge win, was your man's Rogan. Who uh, Don't put that on me, man. <laughs> You know when I say your mans, it's very sarcastic, obviously. Yeah, I know. Right? It's, a, it's a sports your mans. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I think it's from, it's from uh, I think, heavily popularized. Not made up by, so don't come at me in the mentions. But I'm saying heavily popularized by Wilbon and Kornheiser. Yes. Because Wilbon would always be like, Tony, your boy, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. Right? And Tony's like, you know I don't like LeBron or whatever, right? But that's, but, uh, that's such a classic, like, sports journalism thing to be like, oh, I see that you're Columbus Blue Jackets with a big <laughs> win last night, Sheldon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's so, like a light chirp. It's a light dig. I get it. And then, well, we add the Toronto flavor to it. So that's how it becomes your man's Rogan. Your man's. Right? Who, what did he say? He put the Rogan in arrogant or, yeah. I don't know. He said something stupid. That I and just I have like, to say, this is right. the worst possible energy for Rogan to be bringing to this. To be like, yeah, I won last season. I'm a champion. Because, like, you won by the grace of Tory, Jordan, and CT. Like, Rogan was not going to win if it wasn't for their direct intervention so that they could win. Like, don't, don't, don't think that, like, just because Patrick McCaw has won, like, (laughs) three straight. uh, Three straight doesn't mean that he can be like, oh yeah, I'm why the Raptors and Golden State Warriors won. Like, well, it's it's interesting, right? You know because your role. the the how the power dynamic between him and Kyle has shifted, right? Yeah. Because he was like the whipping boy for Kyle. The Kyle would like make fun of all the time, but now it's like the dynamic has completely flipped, and it's kind of interesting to see Kyle have to be worried about Rogan instead of being like, you know, not really taking him in at all. Right, so I found that super interesting. Yeah, a lot of interesting dynamics. I was curious about battle lines, this competition. Sheldon, do you think you could do it? Because I know I could not have done this. Uh, I thought it was really hard, and the thing is, first off, having to drag all those things and the three different like intervals that it was because it was very different each one. Yeah, um, it would have been very tough. And then when you look at the people who won. Right or who are doing really well, it's like beasts. Right, it was like Rogan and it was uh, Fessy. Like those are the people. Like big ass motherfuckers were the ones yeah. that were getting the job done. And then add into it, I know the math equations. You're looking at it, and it's not that hard. But we talk about it all the time. It's one thing to have these things in front of you normally. And then it's another thing to be able to do it under pressure. And it's another thing to be able to do it under pressure and you're exhausted. Yeah. Right. So that was a thing that was kind of really difficult to figure out. And, you know, you saw some people really struggle with it on that side. 
namely Corey, I think, really struggled on that side. Not really surprised there. Um, but yeah, it was it was a very difficult challenge for sure. And that's he what did. I mean. That's why I was kind of mad with how it was filmed. Because I think it yeah. didn't do enough justice to show how difficult it was. Like, you needed those graphics to be like, oh, all these people lost? Okay, cool. But you didn't really see it. And there was moments where someone would pass someone else and it wasn't immediately obvious to me how that would happen. Mm -hmm. uh, skipping ahead just, like, slightly. But, like, suddenly D was beating, whereas I thought Jenny had had a huge lead. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't clear... Yeah, how that happened? Like, was it that Jenny was slow with like one of the like pulling sections, or that she got tripped up by the math? Because it's not like Dee's a rocket scientist. So, like, I just wish, <laughs> I do wish that we'd had more context. Um, we should say that Rogan wins, which again is not going to be great for him long term. And by that, I mean, obviously, you want to win these daily competitions. But it's not going to be good for him because, like, he needs to be more grounded and, like, recognize how lucky he was last season. And this is just going to confirm his misplaced belief in himself. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with anything you just said. Uh, I just thought I was kind of stunned that he came out and won because I was just like, man, like, you haven't seen a bigger 180 flip than what no. happened to Rogan, right? And for him to, you know, even if us, our thought process is, well, he got carried to the finals and won, mm -hmm. to come out in this challenge and win the first one, that's a great look, right? And so yeah. to go back two challenges ago where my guy was the first one out because he couldn't get up the hill to now, it's like, all right, my guy came in ready. Um, I thought that was really cool in terms of his preparation and obviously he's doing something right to be that ready challenge number one but i thought it was really funny to jenny who clearly is like a gym star yeah. but said that she went through and would practice like doing math equations just randomly and it's paying off right away i thought that was really funny right and how happy she was that like yes deciding to do all these little like puzzles and equations in between like really really helped right away with her guinea pigs yeah yeah weird weird reference i didn't is yeah. she known for having guinea pigs i don't know she seems like a very interesting character like i feel like we're only scratching the surface with jenny yeah. like there's a whole other side that we just don't know about yet just because one Last season was her first time, so she was kind of like playing the background a lot. And also, because we don't really know her, she didn't really, she wasn't like a main focal point, and there's so no. much else going on. And she's from, was it Shipwrecked? Is that the name of her show? Like, it's a show that's like not, yeah. it's a British show yeah. that I don't know anyone that's watched it. Like, yeah. Um, but I was glad to see Jenny win. Yeah. I, because totally. I like her as a person, and like, I actually, I honestly think that she could win it all this season. Like, that's mm -hmm. an early prediction for me. I don't know. They weren't clear if there's going to be a male winner and a female winner because it is an individual season or if it's like oh. winner take all. Who knows? Um, that's the tease. Yeah. Because no, in for free sure. agents, it was winner take all, right? That's the season that Kara uh, beat yeah. Zach. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how Jenny does. I think that, like, I said this in the preview. I think that that she's going to be well suited because she is like 
among the women, probably the strongest. I mean, yeah. like Tori and Anissa and like we'll, Ashley can pull it out. Like it's a tough for field, sure. but like physically strongest, politically solid. We'll, I like we'll, what Jenny's doing. Yeah, we'll get to this at the end, but it's like this season is going to be so weird and unlike any other. Just because the other part of it is I think they've really developed into coming up with so many new and different creative not only challenges but eliminations as well and so everything is going to be about styles right so like you could be you know way stronger than this other person and you're confident going into the elimination then the elimination has nothing to do with that Mm -hmm. or vice versa do you know what i mean so it's going to be so weird and it's so difficult to predict and think like who's going to go really far who's not right so i i can't wait because i think it's going to be so good and especially with all the twists so even you know you have the two winners rogan and jenny and then they make up the first two parts of the tribunal and then they have to pick the last member of said tribunal and i thought it was very interesting because right away I thought Jenny had the right point of we should pick someone who's neutral, right? Because you don't really want to make waves. And then they pick Corey. <laughs> Was that the right pick? Like, what did you what did you make of that whole situation and how that played out? Well, I don't think... I mean, he was not on last season. I don't think... So Jenny's certainly not been on a season with Corey. Oh, so like, Rogan probably not either. No. Because even if it maybe, was... Yeah, maybe it's the one season where Rogan got eliminated first day. Yeah, I don't even remember if Corey was on that season. But even if he was, Rogan was gone right away. So, so yeah. I don't... So, like, to them, it would yeah. seem neutral. Yeah. And, like, I, I'm sure that they, you know, watch the show and know that he has his own alliances. But I could see, like, they haven't been on a season with Nelson, mm-hmm. which yeah. would be, I assume, Corey's number one ally. They haven't been on a season with Anissa, who he has seemingly a positive history with you know what i mean so like but who was it because they it was someone else they said Corey or was it nani or nani that those were their two options that they both came up with was that it yeah yeah i think Corey is a better choice over nani okay because nani is so obviously tied to bananas okay and, and then suddenly you'd have bananas in your ear one way is or she, the other. Is she rocking with bananas? Yeah. I, I mean, don't even she, remember. Historically, she has, right? Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, because of Leroy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you now. I'm with you. So, I'm with you. So I think of those two choices, I mean, it's hard. I mean, the other thing is the true neutrals would be to bring in... A rookie. A rookie. Mm-hmm. But I understand that they, in their heart of hearts, knew that they were going to be nominating rookies. <laughs> so. Sure. So TJ, again, with the epic speeches, and I would love to know if producers write TJ's lines, if TJ ad-libs, how many takes he does, because the way that he just steps in and he's just like, and the rest of you, you guys are all losers, (laughs) right? The way that he said it, too, was just so good. And he's like, so the rest of you losers have to go back to the house, pick uh, one person that's going to go all the way to the elimination, and then the tribunal has to pick three people to interrogate before picking one person ultimately to face off in the elimination against obviously the people who the losers picked Mm -hmm. um so yeah that part of it's pretty straightforward like we've seen that before right and 
from there we get the great setup where Ashley's like, this is such a tough challenge. This was such a tough day. It's so cold. I can't wait to get to the nice house and my warm bed. And it's it just such a great job. And I'm like, shout out to this producer, whoever's the one. For those people who are new to the pod, I always talk about like my one experience that I had that was so great uh, working on a reality show up here in Canada. And it was the... Uh, the uh, it's called Drafted, and it was a search for Canada's next sportscaster was a thing. But we brought in like a bunch of people from across the country. They all had to like stay here for three weeks or however long the competition was. And my job was doing the confessionals. So I have such a great appreciation for the confessionals and the one-liners and how the producers can manipulate storylines for the edit. And that was just perfect. Bravo. Slow clap. I want to give a huge shout out. To them for just how they toss they set that up so perfectly um what did you think of the bunker because this is i think actually a major sort of underrated wrinkle i think it's really cool because i think it's just messing with their head and it's just throwing in a, a wrinkle right it's just something else that's different that you got to think about that you got to deal with because i'm sure ashley was playing that up right like in her confessional yeah. but in all reality like when you walk into this bunker and it's, you know, dingy and dark and, you know, you go and look at these crappy bunk beds that don't look comfortable at all. And there's like one bar of soap, one roll of toilet paper and like a little towel. And like you don't even know how many rooms there are or where anything's located. And everything just seems so spread out and odd. And they're trying to search and find the different normal common things that they're used to like where was the kitchen where was the like living room where was whatever and they're like running around trying to figure that out because again the other key part of and a very underrated part is what room you're in right because yeah. that ends up playing a major factor in what goes on on the seasons right what alliances get set up who's hooking up with who like it plays a major role and so the way that it was all set up with everyone just running around like they're like chickens with their heads cut off trying to figure out the layout of this house it was so weird but i thought it was cool a great wrinkle and i wonder how they came to this conclusion like was it okay where are we gonna shoot what's available to us oh this is a pretty cool space and we can make this look really cool or was it you know all thought of from the beginning in terms of we're going to make them stay in this place because it's going to be super crazy, super weird. And that's how we're going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like so many questions I have, but a great wrinkle, just something different. I thought it was funny how excited they were when they finally saw the gym. Like they were all like yeah. really depressed about the situation. Yeah. And then like Jordan found the gym CT was right there with them, and they went nuts. <laughs> like, it goes to show, like, how much the show has changed. Like, if you watch older seasons, mm -hmm. like uh, Cutthroat and Fresh Me Too, they had no gyms. Yeah. Like, you oh, yeah. would do push-ups, and, like, you could do, like, wind sprints up and down the property, but that was it. Like, it was a yeah. big deal on Cutthroat that I think Johnny Bananas had brought some uh, tension bands. Yeah for like basic workouts yeah um i'm interested in this because i think it's going to really take a toll on them psychologically and mm -hmm. i don't want to talk about COVID 19 all the time on this show i think everyone's probably already sick of it 
But like the timing of having a show about people trapped in a bunker when we're all self-isolating mm-hmm. is incredible. Like for better and so for weird. worse. Oh yeah. Totally weird. Totally weird. Uh, weird coincidence for sure. Um, and you're right. When they are showing everyone and there's because the way that they edit the first episode always they keep they keep intersplicing in intros to all the characters yeah and they did a good job of this yeah and i know that during last pod you sent me a picture of jen and i know this is going to be the toughest thing throughout the season jenna jen and jenny it's gonna yes. be a thing <laughs> but it's gonna be a problem when jen popped up i was like okay I don't know who you are, but I'm here for this, right? <laughs> and we didn't really get a sense of her stature or anything, but, like, she carries herself in confessional. Yeah. Like, she's pretty broad and fit. Like, we didn't yeah. get that sense at all, but we didn't see a ton of her. Yeah, totally true. Um, Wes making a very... Uh, Wes and his beard making a very great appearance, saying it's the first time he's not going to get a tan while being on the challenge uh, a sunburn i've yes. never felt more sympathy for him <laughs> i can burn in the shade i'm with you wes this is, uh, this is exciting times for you and i'm happy for him so speaking of west though did you buy because they run this whole montage showing the bananas in west rivalry at this point what were you thinking and west saying that his plan he's gonna lay low like were you buying any of this because i definitely was not I mean, I think Lane Lowe is the right call. I think he got sure. bounced early last season because yeah. he did too much. And you mm-hmm. and I said as much at the time. Yeah. So I think he's making the right decision. I also think, I mean, it was obviously them playing up the rivalry. It was obviously two veterans of the show knowing how to give the producers what they want. I mean, they, For sure. to jump ahead, like when they unveiled that they've been working together like they did a double shot confessional like it's <laughs> pretty like the mega powers. i'm not going to criticize them for staging it like they got to build some suspense do you, you? you want to talk about that now the bananas west situation since it's are you you're a big wrestling it? guy the mega powers is that what hulk hogan that's and right. macho man were called that's right, right the yeah. mega powers let's hope they don't explode uh west did west did also tweet out that this would be like uh, Joe Exotic and Carol teaming up. <laughs> timely reference. Very timely reference. Solid tweet of the night from Wes uh, during the the debut episode of the challenge last night. Yeah. Um, um, it's it was interesting to see like who instantly gravitated towards each other. So hold on, hold on. Sticking with Wes, the Wes and Johnny thing though. There's an interesting confessional from Jordan. Where he says, you know, the last few years, Jordan or Johnny and Wes haven't really done well at all, and they need to quit their grudge. So this is making me think, like, does that mean Jordan's going to try to work with them as well? Right? I like don't that's kind of. So. In- I don't know, but it. But he he's right, and clearly, you know, as we find out later, they do listen to him in a sense, right? So I found that very interesting. But as we move on to some of the newer characters, we meet Jay. And we had multiple people write us about Jay because yeah. we didn't know much about him. 
We didn't right? know. We said that. all about him. And we were, no, but we we're honest about it. And that's why this podcast is so interactive and why we love doing it because we have such great fans. And we had a few people write in to give us a little background info on Jay, right? Yeah. Well, the big thing is that he used to date Morgan mm-hmm. from Big Brother. Yes. And allegedly. Allegedly, okay. She cheated on him with one Johnny Bananas. <laughs> who she is still currently dating. Do you follow her on the socials? Uh, I do. Okay, so you know what's been going on lately. Like, she's watching Game of Thrones, and so she'll, like, tweet out updates of, like, what part she's at at Game yeah. of Thrones. But at certain points, I think it was for the Red Wedding, maybe, Johnny put a camera up to, like, film her reaction watching it. It was I actually that. pretty. That's funny. It was actually pretty funny because she's just like, I hate this show. I hate this show. This is so stupid. All the good people keep dying. I hate <laughs> this show. I'm never watching yeah. it again. And then it's like, ten minutes later, <laughs> she's like back in watching. Like obviously that's what happened with all of us watching Game of Thrones, right? But yeah. uh, no, it's pretty funny. But yeah, I still find that relationship so weird because I thought at first that it was fake. Like yeah. I thought they were playing it up for the show. So now years later, where it's like, oh. This wasn't just for the camera. Well, I, and I, they, I was confused. They sort of danced around it for like the first year of their relationship where they never said like, yes, we are a couple. They're like, oh, we're just friends. Oh, we just travel together. Like they were really yeah. slow. I, I mean, maybe that's because there was overlap between Johnny and Jay. So like sort of yeah. clouding the situation, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Muddying the waters. Yes, muddying say. the waters. Um, one other relationship god help us that we have to talk about is d and rogan so do we have to talk about it uh, <laughs> i'm joking i think I'm we joking. i think we do unfortunately i'm joking so d and rogan are no longer together mm-hmm. he broke her heart now sheldon let me let's play out a scenario you are locked in a bunker mm-hmm. with uh, about 25 other people, yep. one of whom is your most recent ex. Yeah. There's three, maybe four bedrooms, bunk beds. Mm-hmm. Where do you put your bunk in relation to your ex's bunk? As far away as possible. That, for, for your own happiness... I think would be a wise choice. And as your friend, I would encourage that. And, and I, would I would even do the same. I would even think for their happiness, I would assume. But no. D decides she's going to sleep on the bunk above Rogan and openly says in her confessional that she's just going to cock block him. Which I was just like I like it's making me care so much less. And I didn't even think that was possible. But you I was know, just like, come on, guys. You know what's so dumb about it? Aside from the fact that she, it's obviously going to hurt her feelings. And also, if Rogan's going to hook up with someone else, he could just go to their bed. Like, it's also not going to work. Also true. But it's going to cock block her. Like, maybe yeah. she finds some person to spend some time with. And then Rogan, like, they're going to have to step on Rogan to get like into her bed like what a error in judgment like what a total idiotic move like i think d's a nice person of 
the D Rogan dynamic, I have more sympathy for her. I like her better as a person. Okay. But man, what the fuck are you doing? It really made no sense. It wasn't a smart play at all. I can't I can't really say that she she made a wise move here at all. It was just dumb. And I'm over it. And you know the Nani Asaf thing was weird to me. Yeah. But she was a heat seeking missile, like, oh my god, Nani. Like their first conversation she was hitting on him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and we never know like we never know how quickly things you know like how quickly they were in the house and how quickly all that went yeah. down and we don't really get a timeline right sometimes they're on flights together sometimes they're in like exactly. uh, the hotel the night before like they might have had some time to build up That's yeah a fair that point. could even be like another night yeah right like that could even be night two like who knows right mm-hmm. but the point remains it was very quick <laughs> that they find a connection and Right away, they both seem to, to be into each other. And it's funny how it was like, oh, Nani's going to, like, mentor him. And I was like, okay, that's what we're calling this? <laughs> right? Like, they both sort of refer to it as she was going to, like, mentor him in the game. I'm like, really? How long is this going to last? That's the angle we're going with. Um, and Ashley says, Nani has a strange taste in men. No, she just likes all men. <laughs> Not sure she knows that. We're not here to find a boyfriend. We're here to make money. Um, they, she's right. Ashley's right. They, Nani and Asaf start making out on what appears to be the first night. Yep. And, like, good for them, but also so dumb. Like, way to put a target on yourselves. Like, yeah. immediately. Exactly. And I loved what Kyle said. Uh, Asaf is a beautiful man that just wants to smile, hug, and kiss people all the time. The challenge is going to destroy him. <laughs> Well, Kyle would know, no? Yeah, right? he would know. Kyle Kyle came in hot as well into the challenge, so he definitely knows, because right away you put a, a target on your back, because, which is weird, because as we move on, which we'll get to the whole, uh, I don't know, I don't even know what you call it, the nomination, I guess, of yeah, the, nomination the losers, like when the, no, well, like when the losers were picking who's going to go in. Yeah. For some reason, it didn't hurt bailey and swaggy c that they come in as a pair yeah right but all of a sudden you know what i mean like we're acknowledging that obviously it hurt us off right away putting a target on his back that him and nani were a thing so it's just really odd but um, uh no go on on that note we had a listener comments from raven ramsey longtime listener she says there's a damn married couple on the show, Bailey and Swaggy C, and these fools throw in Jay and Asaf. Does this prove that just because you have to take the IQ test to get on the challenge doesn't mean you have to pass it? I really <laughs> don't understand. And I was texting or maybe tweeting with LT last night, who we mention a lot on this podcast, our guy Lawrence Thomas. Love Lawrence. He, was, he, he said something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was... What did Bailey do? Like, why is everybody just like taking Bailey's word here? And she's calling shots, and everyone's just like, "Oh no, we can't put in Swaggy C because Bailey, you might have to f- face the wrath of Bailey." And I'm like, I, who, it was just weird to me. I don't get it. Who looks like she's five foot two and hasn't proven herself in any way, like, and it's not I, like, like they won Big Brother or anything. Not that we rate that, but no. like, it was just weird. 
It was like, weird I, energy. It's it is weird energy. I would get sick of it in a hurry, and it would make me want like if I was in the house, it would make me want to eliminate one or both of them. For sure. In in the biggest hurry, like get the fuck out of here asap. There's a a conversation that's going on. Uh, it seems like it was the morning of that sort of like losers nomination. Yep. Uh, ceremony where all the rookies minus Asaf because he's still in bed with Nani. <laughs> Yeah. And it, all the men, I should say, plus Bailey, yeah. are having a conversation about, like, looks like the rookies are going to go in. And Bailey's like, yeah, if they put in Swaggy C, I'm going to go nuts. And, like, they don't want me mad. I don't give a shit. Like, if I, <laughs> like people are going to get nominated. People are going to be mad. And as we, yeah. we later learn, it's to your benefit, to some degree, to get nominated on this season. She doesn't know this at this point, like, yeah. fairness to Bailey. But, like... Who gives a fuck, Bailey? Like, who the fuck are you? I'm swearing. I like that you and I had a conversation about swearing less on the show. I've sworn like five times. <laughs> I don't care. I'm heated. I'm heated, Sheldon. I can't help it. Well, it just makes me think that when it flips over next week to the uh, girls' elimination, I'd assume, like, I would assume Bailey's going to be the first one thrown in. Yeah, it's going to be like Bailey versus Casey. Yeah. And, th- and they're going to be... One of them's going to be bounced. Probably Bailey, because KC looks like a beast. Yeah. And things, yeah. things will keep going. Super weird, super weird. But as they let up, and Jay, I got to give him a lot of credit, because he he did his research on the challenge, it seems. You know what I mean? Like, we'll get there, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along. But you're right. He kind of instigated this conversation with the other rooks, saying, hey, it's probably going to be two of us that they're that are going to end up going against each other, right? And mm. to be honest, before the actual meeting started, <laughs> I wrote down, I wrote this down. The house has to pick the dude named Swaggy C, right? <laughs> like, that's really what I thought. I was just like, what's going on here? The dude's calling himself Swaggy C, and he's with another number automatically as a rookie? That's supposed to mean deuces automatically. I agree. I, just on principle alone. For sure. It's got to go. So, so, bananas, your mans. <laughs> this was great. This really made me laugh. I, okay, I'm, I'm interested to hear this because, so he says, I think the best way to go about this is to make a vet take the lead and take charge in a situation. So CT, have at it. <laughs> right? And CT's kind of like startled like wait what's going on here and it was well played by bananas and if that's one of his written raps i give him credit for that because it was still yeah. it was still pretty good but what did you really think of putting like what did you think of the move of just putting ct on blast pardon the pun i'm surprised that ct went along with it like if i were ct i would have just been like get out of here someone else do it like yeah i, don't want this. I was surprised at that too i honestly thought he wasn't gonna go along with it he'd be like shut up johnny yeah. Let's just vote. But also, I think CT is here to play. Mm-hmm. And I think he knows that as because it's an individual season. Like, he was really shackled to a team that self-destructed last year until yeah. Jordan and Tori flipped. And uh, so I think he's, like, excited to do his own thing and also knows that he doesn't have to, like, bite his tongue as much as he has in the past. And he's smart. Was it he nominated Jay? Yeah, he nominated Jay. Jay was sort of like, yo, like, why me? Well, hold on, like... hold on, though. I think the way that CT broke it all down was super interesting. I found it interesting. The fact that he was like, okay, well, we know normally it comes down to the rookies. 
and if I look at my man Fessy over here, he's pretty big, so he'll probably come back, and he probably won't want to make him mad as he comes back. I'm not picking Swaggy because he comes with Bailey, and Asaf is Nani's new boy toy, so I'm going to pick Jay. And I thought he came up with that pretty quickly on the spot. You know what I mean? And, you know, and then it turned into Jay and Asaf, but go on now. Sorry, I interrupted well you. No, no, that's fine. It was just, um, I think, as we always say, especially early on on this show, it's anything that sets you apart can get you nominated. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And Jay just had, like, no reason to not be nominated. Fair. Right? Like, I think CT was sort of, like, clutching at straws. Yeah. So CT uh, makes that announcement. And then Jay, I think fairly, like, I don't think he popped off, but I was like, wait a second. What? Yeah. And like, sort of, like, defended himself without going over the top. He did definitely, though, point the light at Swaggy. Yeah. He definitely did do that. He did. And so when everyone starts picking either Asaf or Jay, comes around to Bailey, and for no reason at all, she's just like, hold up a second. So, Jay, did you just try to put my man Swaggy C and, and talk about him as he should be the one going in? And everyone's just kind of like wait what's happening here yeah <laughs> and he's like no i didn't i was just like suggesting you know there are a lot of different other people blah blah like no i wasn't saying that and she's like no because i just want to know and then she just says all right cool all right i'll vote for a soft then and i was like what like that explanation changed your mind like what just happened it's not like he gave a good enough explanation to for what he did because he did actually say swaggy c right mm-hmm and then she's like, okay, good. And then picks us off. Like, it made no sense what happened. The other thing it's, that made no sense It's blatantly like she me. just did that for show. The other thing that made no sense to me was that when it comes to... It was pretty neck and neck for mm -hmm. a long time. Like, it would swing one way or the other. And, like, it looked like, you know, a soft was going to go in. And then the votes would come to Jenna and Kayla, who obviously are going to let their girl Nani rock. Yeah. The Holy and Trinity, right? The Holy Trinity, as they describe themselves. And so when Asaf voted, he voted for Wes. <laughs> which, like, why, like, at that point, they weren't really showing what the vote count was. And I'd lost, I hadn't kept track. But, like, yeah. it was in a situation where every vote counts. Yeah. Also, like, why piss off Wes? It was just weird. It was it out was of the weird. blue. It was such a weird choice. And, like, I thought... Wes really overreacted. <laughs> he did, but it was funny. For, but for I think someone he, who was supposed to be playing possum, I not think exactly though, keeping it cool. I think it was because the way that it happened and then the whole house got amped up, and he was just kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not about to be getting played by this newbie on yeah. the show, right? Like, this guy's not coming in here on his first episode and thinking that he's going to play me. Like, that's not going to happen. And I kind of respected that. Like, no, know your place, bro. You're not coming at me like that. No. Your first show. Because the whole house and their reaction when he said Wes, the whole house was like, oh, like going <laughs> crazy as if they were in the background of, uh, I don't know if you've seen Tory Lanez's, uh, <laughs> Tory Lanez has been doing his quarantine radio lately, but yeah. they always just do the Betri accent. Oh, <laughs> like everything that happens. That's kind of like what happened here. As soon as Asaf said Wes's name. So Wes was calling him a piece of shit. He was calling him the P word, which I don't know why I'm swearing, but saying the P word, but you understand what I'm saying. 
Maybe you're with your kid, and I don't want to really say the P word in front of your kid. I've dropped like I'm okay five with saying, bombs. But. but I'm okay with saying that. The P word, I'll like pause a little, because I feel like that's next level. You know what I mean? That's a next level word that maybe you as a parent should be teaching your kid if you're in the car with your kid listening fair, to this. I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, which brings us to another question, mm-hmm. again, from Raven Ramsey, who for some reason likes Josh. She okay. wants to know, who was more emotional tonight, Josh or Wes? What did Josh do? I don't even remember Josh. What did Josh do? I mean, I think she, because you and I are oh, just in general. Josh oh, okay. Being, like, I thought super I, emotional. I thought I forgot something in this episode, as if Josh did something in this episode. Uh, oh, definitely, it's Josh. It's always Josh. It's always Josh. Yeah, just because sure we didn't Josh. see it happen doesn't mean he didn't cry. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he was in some kind of way about Nani, like paying all that attention to Asaf because he had like a weird like I'm sexually attracted to you I did catch a scene and it was very very quick of Jenny hug slash sit in on Josh's lap like you know how everyone's kind of sitting off in different groups and there's like a big group at like the what we'd call the kitchen table I guess yeah and they were all sitting there drinking or whatever I did catch and I was like oh okay Josh like Josh was just you know being his, his normal Josh self but it was a quick shot and i was like oh i wonder if that's gonna mean something anytime soon which who knows i'm not really sure Mm -hmm. but either way so from then we get the we get the confirmation of bananas and west right yeah what do you think of this because our listener mona specifically asked Mm -hmm. what do we think of this alliance uh it's a necessity Right? Like, they have to do it. There's power in numbers, and clearly, we talked about it, yeah, it was last season, right? Where the American side just kept going at each other, and Mm -hmm. they really screwed themselves because they didn't work together. And if you think about it, imagine if Wes, Johnny, Laurel, with Leroy, do you know what I mean? Imagine if all of them worked together, they win last season easily and instead they end up losing to the uk team quote unquote but really you end up losing to ct jordan who should have been on your team anyways right yeah and rogan and d end up winning right so it's like they got to be looking at that and and thinking okay we cost ourselves money right like it could have been such an easy win but instead you allowed kara and and uh what's name paulie to pull in and work and get the numbers together. So I also just think it's a necessity at this point because as we said, they're outnumbered, right? Because they might be the vets, but they're almost, it's almost like there's three tiers, right? You have like the OGs, then you have the vets, then you have the rookies. And as the OGs, they're outnumbered. So you gotta team up by necessity or else you're just playing yourself again for another season. I think one, the one note I have is I think they have to do this. And I also think that they get along better than they show. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think in real life, like, I don't think they're, like, sending each other Christmas cards. But I think they're, like, you know, the coworker that annoys you but you can get shit done with. Yeah. It's and like, it's like uh, I know there's been a lot of great Kobe stories that come out lately. But Matt Barnes was telling a story. Because, you know, there's a famous shot of the Kobe flinch where Matt Barnes pretends to throw the ball in Kobe's face and he doesn't flinch. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Um, 
Matt Barnes tells a story about Kobe calling him in the offseason and recruiting him to come play with the Lakers. And his reasoning was, yo, man, if you're crazy enough to go against me, then I want you on my team. I like that. Yeah. Right. And that was the kind of thing where even with LeBron, you hear the stories of people wonder why he ends up with like J.R. Smith and those guys all the time or like a Mario Chalmers and those dudes. Lance Stevenson. And it's because those dudes aren't afraid to play with LeBron James, right? And so you kind of got to, you know, I know we're making a comparison again, but in the challenge world, that's Wes and Johnny. And so it makes sense that those two guys eventually, you have to come together because, look, Rogan couldn't handle the heat last year when he was trying to work with Wes. He couldn't handle it, right? He flipped so easily. At least, you know, Johnny and Wes together, they've seen everything. They're not going to be tricked by something weird in the game or whatever. They're going to try to put their heads together and figure out how to move forward. I, the one thing, the one note I have is that they have to like disguise it a little bit better because after that big confrontation with Asaf, they were like hugging and stuff and like several people commented yeah. about how like I've never seen them get along yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to like slow up. Um, yep. The tribunal... Uh, They nominate Kyle, Jay, and Wes. Mm -hmm. And, like, the conversations weren't particularly interesting beyond Kyle promising Rogan that he won't come for him. And Jay playing out the game, right? Jay playing out the game and really telling... You could see the the hamster rolling in Rogan's head because Jay was like, listen, I know you guys always come in and you want to just send in the rookie... But you guys got to think the rookie can be a number for you. So instead, why not put in Kyle, who a soft might do the dirty work for you and take out one of your rivals? And that's really, really sound logic. Jay's right. right. Jay's smart. He showed us something. Really sound logic. But as you mentioned, they're they're focused on putting in the rookie, which I understand. I understand. I'll say that. But I would also put in Jay. Yeah. Well, what I thought was smart about putting in Kyle and Wes is that they're such like having those tribunal conversations with them Mm -hmm. is that they're such political manipulators that it's a good position to like sit them down and have a conversation about strategy. See where their head's at. Yeah. And take their temperature. And like, who knows if Kyle will actually like follow through on that promise, but at least you have two witnesses that aren't your natural allies to be yep. like, yes, he promised Rogan that he wasn't good. You know, like it's, and also, there's value in that. And you mentioned checking the temperature. And I think when he checked the temperature of Wes in that situation, Wes seemed a little nervous. Yep. Right. And I think like, that's a good, even if he's faking it, that's a good look for him. I do think he's faking it. It's a good look. It was great. Well played. So we get to Purgatory, which is what they're calling the elimination round this season. Mm-hmm. And they put in Jay, which, like yeah. you said, doesn't surprise anyone. And Jay versus Asaf. Can I say something? I have a theory for you. Sure. Like, I think the reason you put in Jay is because it's way too early to be making waves, right? Plus, yeah. I think going forward, if I'm a vet, rookies are unpredictable. Right? Like, you don't know what they're going to be. So they could be a number for you, but they could also be a number for the other side. You have no idea what's going to happen. So at least in the early game, you get them out of the way because I know people might say, oh, take your shot while you have it. But going forward, if you're Rogan, you at least know that you can't really trust Kyle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
you might have had the conversation with them, but you know in the back of your mind, like, I really can't trust Kyle. Whereas if you kept the rookie around, who knows what the rookie's going to do, right? Yep. And I'd rather yep. play with, what's, a, what's a, the saying, the devil you know? Yeah. Is that the devil the, you know, yeah. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Right? And so I, I kind of thought that was interesting. But yeah, Jay versus Soft. And this challenge was, this elimination was dope. Yeah. So it was called, oh, I had it, Airstrike, mm-hmm. sticking with the military theme. Yep. They were suspended 30 feet in the air with a pane of pe- uh, plexiglass between mm-hmm. them. And they had to hang from, it essentially looks like a weight bar, but like yep. a bar of some sort. And yeah. like, their hands are chopped up. And it's simple. Whoever lasts longest wins. Best two of three. You're allowed to kick at the plexiglass and like knock it into your opponent. And uh, it was interesting because they like really sort of did a tail of the tape, not literally, like there wasn't like a cry on or anything, but <laughs> they explained, like they had other competitors explain that Asaf is a dancer. Mm-hmm. He's obviously super fit. Yeah. Whereas Jay apparently is really into rock climbing. Yes. And so like interesting balance of balance versus like grip strength. And what I thought was really apparent was that Jay had the correct strategy, like off the hop, sure. understood what he had to do, which was try to stay relaxed, just like focus your like uh, energy into just holding on. And he kept his feet on the plexiglass and just like let a soft go nuts on it. And I don't know if you noticed this, but he even hooked one foot underneath the plexiglass. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. have the other foot sort of like, so he is sort of attached to it. Yeah. Which might even actually take some of the pressure off of holding on to, like some of, like the plexiglass would hold a little bit of your weight if you did that. Yeah. And just like his strategy of having the reverse grip so that his hands were facing opposite directions. Yeah. So that you're you're <laughs> almost splitting the tension on the different sides of your arms. Whereas a soft, he had both his hands forward and in like an L shape. So now you're putting so much stress on your arms and your core holding your body up. It just made no sense. He had a terrible strategy from the beginning because the key here was, yeah, it's how long he can stay up, but it could end up going three rounds, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not doing yourself any favors by tiring yourself out and going so ham in the first round, which is what Asaf did by, he was just swinging into the pexiglass and kicking it and kicking it and kicking it and at certain points it was just ricocheting and then bouncing back onto him anyways and then you're gonna tire yourself out and like horrible strategy by soft and it's not really close like he loses fairly easily and who was it that said nani had the the kiss of death (laughs) i forgot who who said that anisa said that i'll tell you i'll tell you right now it's my line of the episode so i i've got verbatim here Okay. Oh, Nani, the poisonous princess, the kiss of death. <laughs> yes. That really made me laugh. I liked that. It was pretty uh, good. So after Jay wins, TJ explains that on the back of everyone's helmets, mm-hmm. some of the, they have like stickers, mm-hmm. decals. So daggers represent championships. Skulls represent elimination wins. Jay's helmet will now have a red skull on it, which means that he can participate in the final. And the big twist Mm -hmm. is to participate in the final, you have to have won an elimination that season. Yeah. 
And so, what do you think of this? I think it's dope, and this was my line of the episode as well. Just TJ's explanation of, I'm tired of people walking their way to the final. I'm tired of people. Like, I just thought that was a dope line, but also followed up by what really the line of the episode was Rogan. It pops up Rogan in confessional. He's like, TJ, I mean, it's like you're just talking about me. Like, I can tell that you're talking about me right now. Why don't you just mention me by name? I thought that was really funny. Self-realization there by Rogan. What I think is funny is that, you know, they were listing off people like CT and Ashley who always coast. Mm -hmm. But first of all, CT does go in eliminations from time to time. Like, CT isn't scared of eliminations. People People, don't put CT in eliminations because he'll fucking wreck house. Yeah, there's a difference there with CT for sure. And I think both him and Ashley, I give them credit because I think it's... they They played the political game so well the past few seasons that, like, it was just different than certain moves that Rogan was making, let's say. But, yeah, no, totally point made. I I totally get where you're coming from. Well, and what I found striking was that, like, the people, like, the person, and I said this in our preview, the person that's going to suffer the most with this new rule is Johnny Bananas, whose strategy season after season is avoid eliminations. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's been the game plan for him for as long as I can remember, and it's a sound game plan, right? Like, yeah, it works. It makes sense. Yeah, avoid the elimination. And now, though, this is a thing that makes this season so difficult to predict what's going to happen because what is the strategy? You could say, under normal circumstances, okay, well, let's try to go in early because, in theory, you'd be going against the rookie or the newer people who are weak competitors. But I don't even really think that there's that many weak competitors amongst this cast, for one. And then two, the way that they put these new eliminations together. Like, first off, this elimination that they had was incredible. Like, who even came up with that? It was so good and so creative. But that's exactly what I mean, right? Like, who knows what... Like, imagine if that was CT up there or or Johnny up there. Do you know what I mean? Or someone who you deem to be a really, really good competitor. Or Jordan. Right? Like, think about that. The guy who just won, who we're saying arguably is one of the best people ever. How would he have been able to do this challenge or this elimination, right? So I think there's really no, you know, there's really no playbook or really no game plan. And you're really going to have to just work on the numbers and try to figure it out as you go along. Because what is the strategy? I don't I still think that you want to avoid eliminations for as long as possible just because there's not a way there's not a way for you to to you know pick the right elimination to go into like how do you how do you do that Yeah, I don't know. I think what we will see is in like the sort of mid-range of the show, people purposely trying to get into eliminations against someone they think they can take. Yeah. And yeah. like the the other thing I'll say is, there's an argument to be made that if you get in too early, like if you're a Jenny, like on the next episode, and you're like, I'm gonna take on Big T, mm-hmm. <laughs> like let's do this thing, let's get this red skull on my helmet, I'm like let's mm-hmm. get that knocked out. I can almost see it being held against you, like well now we have to take out Jenny because she already has her ticket to the final, and we can't For have sure. that. For sure. So and also the big part that was mentioned was. It's not like that guarantees you a spot in the final, just means you can be in the final, and it doesn't stop you from having to go into another elimination. So they can just as easily say, come next week, yo, Jay, you gotta go back in. 
right? So yeah. that's there's so many different layers to this, and I'm going to be... This is one of those cool seasons, again, where this twist, I'm interested to see who's going to be the one to figure out the best way moving forward. That's what I'm interested to see, because I don't know the answer. I have no idea. And also, and I want people to like write in and t let us know what you guys think would be the best strategy going forward, because I'm going to be honest. I was thinking about it, and I have no idea. I almost think you almost just got to play it out and keep playing the numbers game. And I don't know if I would purposely be trying to go into an elimination before I have to. Just yeah. like I because I, I just don't know. I just feel like it's weird. And maybe you hope to ride it out long enough that there's another twist or something. Right. Like, who knows what happens if by chance. Like there's only one person left with a, a, a skull on. Do you know what I mean? Like so many weird things can happen that there has to be some other twist. So if I avoid eliminations long enough, who knows? Is there going to be some crazy challenge where maybe I can just earn a skull somehow? Right? Like you don't know. Yeah. It's, I can't wait. I think it's going to be really good. Um, We have to do this because we just committed to it. Say something nice about Nelson this episode. Uh, I'm happy for Nelson that he gets to be in the house again with his friend Corey. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm happy for Nelson that he doesn't seem to, at least yet, be hung up on one of the women in the household. That's fair. That's fair. He, let me rephrase that That's so that's nicer. Uh, it seems like he has his head screwed on more straight than usual so far. I can see him trying to go at Jen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but I have to ask you, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? Uh, that's super easy. It's Jay. Jay yep. definitely killed it. He killed it from top to bottom. Uh, I, I'll say it again. I clearly think he came into this season and he did his research, right? Yep. He was schooling the rookies on the fact that, hey, be prepared. It's probably going to be one of us that are going in. And he had that schooled. The way that he handled the tribunal was perfect, right? Like, he came in there and dropped knowledge, and it wasn't in a way where he was cocky about it. Because a lot of people try to, you know, just go in there and be like, well, I'm going to win, so you're right. But he was very calm. So even yeah. when he did say, hey, I could come back, like, you're assuming that I won't come back, right? Like, he said it very calm and cool. But again, yeah. his sound logic of... Why not, like Asaf, if we think Asaf is really that good, why not put in one of your rivals to go against him and maybe Asaf does the dirty work that you don't have to do later on in the game? Very yeah. sound logic. And then, of course, a great performance in the elimination. How can I not give him credit for that? The first person ever to earn the skull. That sounds like MVP performance. Now, the LVP is Nani, because, I mean, that is kind of the kiss of death. The right? Poison Princess? Yes. I have to agree with you. Um, Jay is also my MVP of the week. Because just not just that, I mean, I agree with everything you said, but just like one more point I want to make is let's say he does not win this season, mm -hmm. which like rookies, I can't think of a rookie ever winning a whole season. It never happens, basically. But looking in the long run, next season, the season after that, four seasons, five seasons from now, Everyone in this house, even if they're trying to get rid of him, even like he's handling himself in such a way that they're going to respect him. 
for sure. So two or three seasons from now, I could see the Jordans of this world being like, you know what? I like Jay. I respect Jay. He's a straight shooter. I can deal with Jay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to think in terms of the long run as well. Yeah, it's a good start for him for sure. A very good start for him. Uh, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me, as per usual, on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And don't forget, of course, like and subscribe to the pod, SoundCloud, the iTunes, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. You want to see John's beautiful face on the big screen, right? Right? <laughs> Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Where can the people follow you, John? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. I do want to apologize. We didn't. We had a lot of feedback last episode. We didn't get to all the comments, but we read them all. We mm-hmm. appreciate them all. We tried to respond Interact. to all of them. I think I replied to everyone pretty much. Yep. The one thing I do want to do is I want to give a shout out to my longtime friend, Adi Pinsoff who we've known each other since grade four. Okay. And she claims that she is the biggest You Killed It fan. She just never asks questions or anything. Okay. But she was telling me how she was thrilled to have us back in her (laughs) earbuds as she's homeschooling her two kids right now through this crisis. So shout out Adi. Uh, Was she as thrilled, though, as clearly Bear and I were to see Kayla again? That's my question that I will ask to end this pod. Yeah. I don't know. A D, let us know. The lesson here, shoot or shoot, right? <laughs> Until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed It.